Hello, my friends. Thanks for joining us today. Last week was Easter, and we celebrated our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And in case you haven't already figured it out, we are not going to stop celebrating Jesus. Holland Chapel is totally and fully committed to making the name of Jesus famous. He, Jesus, died for our sin. He came back from the dead, and the grave is still empty. And the empty grave means no more empty life. He brings us hope, peace, purpose, and joy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give you life to the fullest. Today, we want to continue to talk about the empty grave and what it means for our life. I want to read a passage to you from John chapter 14. And in the beginning of John chapter 14, Jesus tells the guys that he's hanging out with, his followers, his disciples, he tells them not to worry because he's taking care of everything that needs to be taken care of for their future. So no matter what they're facing, they could just chill. So how in the world could Jesus say such a thing? Well, because of who he was, and later on, because of what he would do. He could say what he said because he is the Son of God. He could say what he said because he literally is God. He's God in the flesh. He is God come for us. He could say what he said because he was going to die, and he was going to come back from the dead three days later. These guys that he's talking to, they had heard this. They had heard that he was going to die. They'd heard something about maybe coming back from the dead, but they hadn't seen it yet. They hadn't processed it yet. They hadn't even come to the place that they could fully grasp it yet. It was mind-blowing for them. And I hope that this morning, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus is still mind-blowing for us. And I also pray that it is faith-building. So check out what Jesus says in John chapter 14, beginning in verse 6. John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so Jesus here is making this proclamation that he is the access point to the Father. Not just an access point, but the access point, the only way that they could get to the Father and the only way that anybody else could get to the Father. Drop down now to verse number 11. Jesus goes on to say this, just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. These guys that were with him, that were hearing this, they had seen the works of Jesus. They had watched him turn the water into wine. They had witnessed him making the blind to see and the deaf to hear and the lame to walk. And he's saying, believe in me. Believe in me for who I am. Believe in me for who I am in, which is the Father. And believe in me for what you have seen me do. Look at verse number 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Listen, the empty grave means we have access to the Father. Again, the empty grave means we have access to the Father. 
Because of the empty grave, we get to give the Father an earful. We get to pray. We get to talk to God, and he hears us. Now, as we read these verses, if you're not careful, you're going to be focused on the what we get access to rather than the who we get access to. And I'm going to repeat that because you got to catch that. If you're not careful, when you read these verses, you're going to be focused on the what we get access to rather than the who we get access to. It's easy to be focused on the presence of God, meaning the stuff and the things that we can get, rather than the presence of God, meaning the person and relationship that we get to have with him. Oh, how desperate we are for the presence of God. These guys that were with Jesus, his disciples, they were struggling with everything that he was saying. They were struggling with it big time. All they had ever known was how God had been functioning with man up until this point. God had decided up until this point before Jesus to constrict himself to a particular place called the temple. And there he would be behind a curtain. And he would only let one person once a year get access to this place called the Holy of Holies where God would reside. And this person that could do this once a year was the high priest. These guys that he was talking to, they didn't have, the, they didn't have access to the presence of God. So you have this big temple and you have this big curtain that's kind of cutting people off from experiencing the presence of God. And this high priest would be able to go in once a year, but everything had to be right. It had to be the right guy at the right time with the right sacrifices. Everything had to be just right. Then if something went wrong, if the right guy did something wrong, he wouldn't come out. In fact, they put bells around their, the bottom of their, their, their robe so they could hear them moving around in there and a rope around their foot in case the high priest like died in the presence of God. They could pull him out. But Jesus changed all of that. He changed every bit of it. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 19. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain to the most holy place. Pause there in verse number 20 for just a moment. If you've been reading some of the scriptures that we've been encouraging you to read that were leading up to Easter, you, you may have read about how when Jesus died, there was this veil in the temple that literally tore in two and, and fell apart. This is exactly what it's talking about. Jesus made all access, all paid for all of us when he died on the cross. Verse 21. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, and that high priest is Jesus, let us go right into the presence of God. Did you hear that? Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. So several years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Jerusalem, and we got to see all the places, and it was absolutely amazing. And while we were there, we went to the place where the old temple was. There are different things built there now uh, for religious purposes. It's not a Christian thing. It's not a Jewish thing. But there was this wall on the outside of where the old temple mount was, and it's called the Wailing Wall. 
And I went and I waited in line for my turn to get into the area that you're going to see on this picture. And as I was waiting, this Jewish rabbi picked me out of the crowd, walked up to me, and he said, are you a Jew? And I politely said, no. And then he asked me if I came there to pray. And I said, yes. And he said, well, at the Wailing Wall, you cry out to God, you write your prayer down, and you put that piece of paper in the wall. And he said, God will hear your prayer. I politely said, thank you. Little did he know that I already had access to God all the way over here in Arkansas. This is the power of the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Through the name of Jesus, we get access to the Father. We need him. As believers, we have full access to the Father because of Jesus. This name that is above every other name. The name that moves mountains. Don't miss the name of Jesus. Don't miss the Father. Jesus is who gives us access, and the Father is who he gives us access to. Oh, the power of Jesus' name. Quite a few years ago when I was living in Memphis, well, actually, West Memphis, it sounds a little better, you know, anyway. I had a friend who had a friend. This friend of a friend hooked me up with two tickets to see the Memphis Grizzlies play at what was then the new FedEx Forum. And uh, it came with a parking pass. And this friend of a friend, the friend of the friend, was um, a very well-known person. I had a lot of air about them to the tune of a B, meaning a billionaire. And they passed down these tickets to me in this parking pass. Well, I had the parking pass in my... Um, uh, window there in the, in the front glass hanging down. So when I drove up to the parking deck, the parking attendant immediately saw that parking pass and he smiled really big and just said, uh, welcome on in, sir. Come on in. He waved me through and I went on through and I went to the next, uh, next attendant that was there in the parking deck and they smiled at me and they waved and said, keep on coming. Went past four or five of these parking attendants and eventually got near to the parking spot. And this parking attendant literally said, I will walk you as I'm driving my car. I'll walk you to your parking spot. I'll show you where it is, sir. I mean, just this service that was unbelievable. So I parked the car and I got out and the attendant said, is there anything you need, sir? Anything I can do for you? And I kind of looked around. I'm thinking, what would I even need right now? Thank you. No. And so I looked up and I realized that we had parked just one parking spot over from the entrance into the FedEx Forum. And I noticed that the parking spot that was in between my parking spot or my friend's friend's parking spot, the parking spot that was beside me was reserved for none other than Jerry West, otherwise known as the logo or then the general manager of the Grizzlies. We walk in through the door, and we walk in through a door that not many people get to come into, and it's this club, and there's free food, and there's free drinks. People see us walk in through that door. They're all smiling and waving. Everybody thinks that we are somebody, but we're not anybody. We just know somebody who knows somebody. Listen, if you know Jesus, you know somebody who knows somebody. And through Jesus, you and I get access to the heavenly Father. It's absolutely incredible when you think about the power of the empty grave and how through the power of the empty grave because of Jesus that we get access to 
the Father. We get access to places we have no business going. Ask me if I've ever been back to a Grizzlies game like that. Never. I had no business being there. I didn't have the money to be there. I didn't have, but I had a friend of a friend. And listen, through Jesus, we get access to places and to people, to a person, the Father and God of the universe because of Jesus. Take advantage of it, believers. Talk to God. Look back over to the book of John in chapter 16, just a couple of chapters over from 14, obviously. Jesus is still teaching. He's still talking. He's still training his disciples. And he kind of restates what he said in verse 14, but in a little bit different way. And it's amazing what he says in John chapter 16 and verse 23. Here's what he says. At that time, you won't need to talk or excuse me, you won't need to ask me for anything. These guys have been walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus. Every time they needed something, they said, hey, Jesus. And then Jesus did potentially what they needed. He said, the time's coming. You won't have to ask me for anything. He says, I'll tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly. Again, he's talking to guys that God the Father is behind this curtain in this temple, and there's only one guy that can go once a year, and hopefully everything's right. And yet he says to them, you will be able to ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request, look at this, because you use my name. We know somebody who knows somebody, and because of that, we get access to the Father. Because of that, our access to Jesus and the Father is just amazing. Verse 24, You haven't done this before. Then he goes on to say, ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. You will have abundant joy. I just want you to know that when you come to the Father in the name of of Jesus, he hears you. Listen to me. He hears you. I don't know how many other people come to the Father at the same time in the name of Jesus as when you do, but I'm here to tell you, he hears you. He hears what you say. Look at Psalm 34 and verse 17. It says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their trouble. Call him. He hears you. Tell him what you need. Ask him. Talk to him. Tell him what you are feeling. If you're lonely, tell him. If you're afraid, tell him. If you're scared, tell him. If you're frustrated, tell him. If you're claustrophobic in your house right now, tell him. If you've grown impatient with unemployment, tell him. If you're going to the hospital every day for work and you are afraid for your health, tell him. If you are wanting this virus to go away, tell him. He wants to hear from you and he says, I will hear you. Tell him what you're struggling with. Tell him where you hurt. Tell him what you are grieving. Tell him what makes you glad. Tell him how good he is. Tell him how bad it is. He hears you. God always hears our prayer. Sometimes in prayer, I think we find ourselves kind of fighting through the frustration and trying to uh, persevere in prayer. And I think a lot of times we're wondering if we have God's attention or not. I'm here to tell you that if you are approaching the Father in the name of Jesus, you have his attention. That fighting and that persevering that has to take place is whether or not he has our attention. 
Can we stay focused on the presence of God? Can we stay focused on the person of God who we have full access to, his ears and his heart? With each prayer that we pray every day, we remind ourselves where our help comes from. And we make space in our day to hear from the Lord as he hears from us. It's the reason why prayer is so important for us to gain access to the Father and talk to him and to experience relationship with him. God is working even right now in the midst of all of this chaos and all of this uncertainty. He is working. We can trust him. You can trust him. Even when it seems like nothing's happening. Even when it seems like things that ought to be happening aren't happening. Or things that you wish weren't happening are happening. Take heart in knowing God hears you and is working all things, even the hard things, together for your good. Um, I had been uh, planning to preach and talk about prayer this Sunday, and I got a text this last week from Tommy, who's a part of our HC uh, family here. And I'm going to show you a picture on the screen, and here's what Tommy said in his text. He quoted Mark 16, verse 6. Don't be alarmed, the angel said. You were looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He's there in every sunrise. Tommy said. He goes on to say, I was blessed to have taken this picture in March of 2018 after my third cancer-related surgery and after a 50-mile drive and prayer to the lake that morning. And here's what Tommy said. I know he heard me loud and clear. He goes on to say, I actually didn't see the cross until I looked at the picture. I was looking at the eagles and the sunrise. Only one can make a sunrise like this, and his name is Jesus. Maybe today you need to pray. Pray. God will hear you. Maybe you need to pray to pray. Meaning, maybe you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, it begins with a prayer of faith. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The name of Jesus is above every other name. It is the name that we must be saved by. So if you need to pray and receive Jesus, you can say a prayer of faith like this one. It's going to come on the screen. Will you pray? Jesus, I'm calling on your holy and powerful name. I'm a sinner. You are the Savior because you died for my sins and you rose again. Please forgive me. Please save me. In your name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, he heard your prayer. We, we want to celebrate with you. If you just prayed to trust Jesus, would you text the words trust now, one word together, trust now to the number that's on the screen? We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to celebrate with you. We'd love to guide you any way we can as you have just trusted in Jesus. Church, aren't we so glad for those who are trusting Jesus today? Oh, yes, we are. Church, take advantage of your access to the Father. 
the empty grave that we celebrated last week and we celebrated this week and we're going to celebrate next week and the next week and the next week, the empty grave means that we have access to the Father. Pray in the name of Jesus and the Father will hear your prayer. Let's pray together right now. Father, we bow before you. We're amazed that you are hearing this prayer right now. There may have been some people just a few moments ago that prayed in faith, calling on the name of Jesus to be their Savior. You heard them. We praise you and we glorify you for hearing them and for saving them. We are so thankful that in the name of Jesus right now, you're hearing me pray. And there may be other people that are watching and listening right now that are praying their own prayer. And you're hearing all of our prayers at the same time. There are a lot of other churches that are having online services today. They're no doubt praying right now. And you're hearing every prayer that they pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for the cross and thank you for the empty tomb through which we have access to the Father in salvation and we have access to the Father in prayer. Father, thank you for hearing us. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for being present with us right now. We ask for you to help us to bask in your presence in this moment. We say all this and we pray all this in the unbelievable, incredible, magnificent, glorious name of Jesus. Amen. May God bless you.